welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Today, we're going to talk about evaluating our WordPress software. So we're really, with this one, we're going to talk about our main tools, the stuff that we rely on to run our website building businesses. We have talked, haven't we, about this kind of topic before we talked about shiny new tools, which we kind of love because, Nathan, you particularly are your big fan of the AppSumo deals. Yeah, yeah I'm a sucker. Um, for <laughs> for an AppSumo deal, although I've been good over the last few weeks, there's been a few little little things that could have could have been purchased, and I've uh-huh. I've managed to be a good boy and avoid them. But yes, I think yeah, rather than um, things that you don't need, which is very often what AppSumo is, I suppose this is more about the core core stuff that you need for your business, and also uh, how you make a decision as to whether something is worth buying. Yes, and. I think, you know, we also talked about the tools that we couldn't live without as well on an episode, but we've never really dug into how we go about evaluating those really essential tools in in a proper chat. So this is what we're going to try and do, I think, Hmm. because and I think we talk about this a lot, maybe just because of the fact that we're in a couple of Facebook groups, including our own WP Builds one, where we we constantly talk about whether we should be considering this tool over this and whether this one works better with that. And we don't talk too much about our processes, our thought processes or our businesses and what might be right. So, yeah, so that's what we're going to look at. And I Hmm. think there's debates that come up frequently. And some of those are about, you know, whether we are talking about the features in a product. So say we've got something like, Beaver Builder versus Elementor, which is a a common one for us folks who use the page builders. But, um, you know, there's there's one over stability versus features and which wins out, uh, you know, according to the type of business you have. Do you see this a lot, Nathan? Do you you see the debate about which page builder to pick? And do you get any sort of sense of how people have made that decision over which one they've picked yeah and funnily enough the page builder one is pretty much the only one where i have clarity um Uh in that if it was i don't know um we were talking earlier about caching plugins or let's say a forms plugin or something like that Mm. i have far less clarity about that because i've spent far less time thinking about it but in terms of terms of a page builder you you probably know that david and i have just habitually used beaver builder for well, it's getting on for years now, plural years. Um, and so that one I'm I'm pretty clear on. And I'm kind of in a bit of a walled garden there in that it's going to take me an awful lot to be persuaded to knock down that wall and even go and try something else out. And I understand from the community that the rivals are exceptionally good. There's just nothing nothing wrong with them at all. For me, I've just made my decision and it's about time. I think a time factor there is a good one. I have built up a a very large amount of trust. And one of the points that we're going to touch on, I'm sure, again and again during this episode, is that, um, well, trust is important for one thing, but also stability. And I I cannot really remember the last time I entered a support ticket for Beaver Builder just because I believe now it's incredibly stable and everything that I need it to do, it does. Having said all of that, 
there is, a, a, you know, without a doubt, there is a conflict going on with you know, thousands of people trying to make a decision about which one to buy or which one to use going forwards. And for me, that decision's made, but for others, it, that decision has to be made. So I guess the criteria are what what on any WordPress pr- plugin, what are the set of criteria that, that you and I put forward mm. and what should people think about uh, when they're thinking about any plugin where there isn't a, you know, a captive audience where there's competitive rivals in the marketplace. So for me, stability, one thing, mm-hmm. um, a, a track record is another thing. Um, yes. and, um, and you do a lot of due diligence with all of this, don't you? For me, I am very easily swayed by the opinions of influencers in the community. So let's say I'm listening to an authoritative podcast or something that I believe has authority or reading a Facebook post. I will kind of defer my um, purchasing decision to that person because I trust them. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm, I'm, quite e- I'm quite easily swayed. It would take only two people of authority to mention something and I'll be, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally sure that's going to be fine. Whereas you do a lot more, don't you? I do now, but I think, you know, but I, I'm still somebody who's swayed and I start to look at, I've made a decision and I still start to look at other tools because there is an authority figure who leads me that way. And I started that way, certainly, but it's, I guess I've been buying stuff in, in the WordPress community for quite a long time. I've decided I had to have something a bit better than what I used to use. So I've now started looking at people behind a company, what, they believe in so if they're open and transparent and i can hear them on podcasts or in blog articles talking about where they see their company going that is a really handy thing for me um and also i guess these days but i'm not consistent i do like to see the tools where i know that there's a sort of lead developer behind it who it's been a project of their passion and they built it from the ground up rather than someone who's perhaps forked a bit of software and then developed that or works in a larger team. That's been my large preference, but there's inconsistencies in what I do. So you, um, I mean, let's say, for example, that you were coming into the, um, the, the page builder space. You'd, uh, mm. you'd heard about page builders and that that was a thing you wanted to try out. For me, I would, my, my thing would, I'd probably go out and Google page builders and probably write down a list of, 10 or more that came up then yeah. i would probably go and you know poke around facebook for a bit or you know obviously i'd read the marketing material on their website i definitely wouldn't install them all and try them all mm. i would probably look, look for voices you know and if you were to type in let's say page builder you're going to get podcasts you're going to get um blog articles and those authoritative voices like chris lemmer or something like that they're going to rise to the mm. top and i'm going to click those links and read them and my decision will probably be made within a day. Whereas, mm. how do you how do you actually go out and find their their ethos, their company ethic, and their you know about the founders? Do you actually you know go to the footer and read the about us page and then follow links and things like that? Yeah, well, definitely the about page, and, and there's a big issue with that. Um, in fact, when I was looking at Elementor at the time, like, they improved this; they've got an about page. But I did, even though I was very much in the Beaver Builder camp. And this is another issue I guess we could touch on is the fact that even if you've made your decision, you 
can't be foolish enough to think that you've made the right decision for all time and that there aren't going to be competitors who are going to usurp the people <laughs> that you've chosen. So you kind of have to keep an eye out all the time on the competitors to see how they're going. But Elementor was a situation where I could, you know, when they started off, I found one podcast with them on. And it wasn't the best effort, I don't think, because they didn't say where they were from. They kind of dodged the question. They didn't have an about page. They said that their lead developer didn't really to talk publicly. Now, I think they've completely changed on all of that since, and they're much more transparent. But, yeah, that's that's one of the things that why well, I didn't jump on board with that one straight away. Um, yeah, I mean, if maybe it'd be illustrative actually just right at the beginning to to go through what are because last time we just talked about shiny new tools and that that could have mm. been a SaaS service or it could have been a you know a self-hosted piece of php or something mm. what are the what are the essentials if you if i was to give you a wordpress install and say right make it ready for mm-hmm. me what would you what would you install as plugins into it yeah well there's going to be page builder now there's going to be a theme there's going to be and security software. For me, there's going to be cache-in software. Um, what else do we have that's essential? And then we start to get to some other tools which we'll need. So often if it's a more complex project, we're moving into the area that we're, for us is Beaver Thema and what we use with that to make our custom post types and custom fields. So we, we end up with a debate about whether we're using something like ACF parts tool set or the other ones that are out there. So yeah, I think they're the main ones. And that, but then we do move into other areas about whether we use something like WooCommerce as well when e commerce is needed in our sites and whether that's the best thing. Yeah, my my install I think is essentially I start from the point of I'll put generate press in my case. I'll just default to that theme every time at the minute um and i will install beaver builder mm-hmm. so i'll do all of this without creating any content i'll literally i'll install wordpress i will clean out the sample page and you know make a home page and a blog page and clean out all the posts and all of that first and then i'll install beaver builder beaver themer um, mm-hmm. I will probably install a contact form because I can't remember the last time I built a site where there wasn't some requirement for a contact mm-hmm. form with a reasonable degree of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that would... Oh, and then probably I'm going to install some of the add-on packs for Beaver Builder just because it makes my life a little bit quicker. So that that's kind of that's the bare install. Everything else over that, I've got to kind of think and scrutinise a little bit more. And I don't mm. really generally tend to install much over those. So yeah. that would be my basic install. And anything beyond that requires debate um, and a decision to be made. Yes, you. But I guess the the main thing for you has been recently um, deciding upon your theme and yeah. also deciding on what works with Thema for custom post types. Yeah, I, I I have yet to play properly with pods. I I've, I have a license for ACF, and I have used that on a site. I found it incredibly easy to get, and I had no experience with it, and it, and it didn't take long to get up and running. But I had been using Toolset rather a lot, so that kind of that that's kind of like the if you like the the Vanguard plugins are the ones that I install straight away, and then I've got the ones that come in immediately afterwards as soon as anything becomes more complicated. I've got a sneaky feeling pods is going to become that thing um and you know a c f probably and I, i'm I don't know about toolset going forwards that that's yet to be decided, but those kind of things come in relatively quickly and then 
I'm on a I'm on a hunt. I mean, I'm I'm pretty shocking actually. When I go to client meetings and mm. discuss with the client um, what it is that they want, I'm terribly bad at saying kind of directing them what i tend to do is just let them say what they want and i go yeah yeah we can do that yeah we can do that and then i leave the meeting with this great big list of things that i've got to achieve and mm. and at that point i'm thinking okay can i build this with plugins now the beauty of wordpress is the answer 99 times out of 100 is yes so mm. then i'm on the hunt for plugins that i've never heard of have no idea if they exist um, to see to see if I can cover the functionality of what I've promised the client, that's just stupid. I realise that I should definitely get out ahead. And uh, but I I never do that thing of just going and installing plugins really and just playing with them and seeing what they're able to do. I just don't really do that. So so are you likely to post something and ask people's opinion who you trust? Yeah, yeah, usually it begins with Googling. So I'll begin mm-hmm. with Google and say, uh, you know, just try, try to work out if there's a plug-in for this. And usually there's five or four. And then my, I, I confess, I, I do look at the ratings, you know, the star ratings on the WordPress repo. I do look at that. Mm-hmm. And if it's got one rating, and it's been, you know, it hasn't been updated for six years. I'm going to be really wary. If it's got 250 positive ratings, I'm, I'm more or less likely to say that's my choice. Yes. And, and then lead the client toward the functionality that it offers. Um, you know, you know, it, well, it doesn't do this, but it does do this. Um, and yeah, no, you can't do that. But you, yeah, you can do this. This is a, a replacement for that and so on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my process. And then obviously at that point, I then will Google the name of the plugin itself, mm-hmm. um, and then go and explore what people have been saying about it. Yeah, no, it's interesting. You reminded me of something as well that I haven't come up against recently, but when I was using Genesis as my main theme, a lot of the plugins that went with Genesis and made things easier to use, uh, actually the, the first thing that you would get from them is that this one hasn't been tested with your version of WordPress. And it's generally because the software was unchanging, didn't need to be updated. So they didn't update the file that would make it say it's okay, it's been tested. But they didn't need to. It didn't mean it was a bad one. And I, I remember in the early days, and I, there's still some people I see comment on that. They don't want to touch a plugin when they get that warning. Yeah, I, I see that all the time. In fact, I would say that the, the vast majority of the stuff that I'm updating is not in inverted commas, compliant with WordPress 4. whatever. Mm. Um, mm. I just ignore that because, well, I, I say that. Again, it comes back to this trust. If it's, a, if it's a plugin that I was quite reluctant to install because I just didn't have that level of confidence, that would make me pause. And mm. I would probably at that point do a proper thorough backup right then and there before I updated it. And then go and update that plugin and, and click around on the site and see if anything is unexpected. Whereas for something like, let's say, for example, the theme of Generate Press or the plugin of their premium add-ons for the, the theme, um, there's no way I'm not going to install that. If it's if it's been released, I'm just going to hit update and, and I'm probably not even going to back it up beyond its sort of daily backup cycle. Yes, you know, the, the thing is about the trust thing, it's interesting because when I jumped on Beaver Build, it was still pretty new. And, and to be honest, I don't think the guys had any idea what they were doing in terms of marketing it. And they just changed their name to Beaver Builder from a, a really dull name there. Fast Line Media. Fast Line, that's it, Fast Line. Mm. And so I think maybe that was some of the start of me starting to look at the developers behind it and think, well, 
do they seem to have that sense of history in WordPress? Because when you've been around a long time in WordPress, you realize that certain things happen with pricing mod models. You know, I think we've probably talked about this before with theme forests. There's a difficulty with the fact that you can create this great theme that everybody loves, they download, but there's no recurring income for that business. And yeah. it becomes too wieldy really to keep up to date so there's no new money coming in so they have very short lives and that's something that i i guess is always in the back of my mind when i evaluate any of the plugins do they have the right model i think um i think you've hit on a long point. term yeah I, th I think that's really important you i would never go looking for that um, I would never go and find out what their revenue model was, but I, I can totally see why that would be worthwhile. Um, and also it'd be really interesting, um, you know, now that I've got that in my head, if I go to these plugin sites to see if they actually do make a point of, um, you know, here's our here's our roadmap, here's where we've been, here's what we've improved. You can usually mm. find it buried somewhere. It's normally a change log, isn't it? Mm. Um, but I do like the idea of a roadmap. Um, yes. That seems to be a thing on AppSumo now, incidentally, getting back to AppSumo just for a moment. It seems like the roadmap is now the, the de rigueur way of um, – obviously, most of the things on AppSumo, they are brand new and they've got no heritage and, and they're, mm. you know, they're not ready in most cases. Um, and so they put this roadmap together in, in, as a way of sort of bolstering confidence. Now, I guess if you've got heritage and you've got six years of building this plugin and you can show, and we've updated this and look, it's a mile long in HTML and here's our roadmap, whether that's on Trello or on their own website, you are gonna, that, that would absolutely persuade me, but I never go looking for it, oddly. Yeah. Do you know, there was another little debate that came up in our group a bit about, somebody was asking, um, about one, it was uh, MU Dev. Uh, sorry, I'm getting that completely wrong. What were they asking about? The one that you're in the club for, the um, um, WP MU Dev. There is yes, a there is it. a WP MU Dev. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they were asking about that because they've got a ton of plugins there, and and again, that was another thing that made me think. And I haven't actually formed a view on it, but there's you know we have iThemes, which has a whole suite of plugins. We have them, and we have other organizations. I guess the people who do WP Rocket as well, the team behind that, have also moved into security plugins and image optimization plugins, and they're growing. And they're another uh, a sort of company out there that, that grows and grows, and I, I'm a little bit wary about those, but I don't know if that's that's right. Are you wary of those people that have their fingers in lots of different pies? Do you know, I used to, when I first came over to WordPress, I used to think that was cool. And I thought that was a sign of being grown up um, yes. for those companies. And I thought, you know, 60 plugins, 80, pl whatever, you know, 12 plugins, mm. you know, we've got this vested loads of things going on. And the more I think about it, the more I am drawn towards people who do a small range of things really well. Um, and in the case of WPMU Dev, you know, quite a lot of people chimed in to slag them off, really, was, would be the best word. And quite mm -hmm. a few people chimed in to say, yeah, it's great. It totally works for me. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, I, I think if you're trying to do everything, you're going to please very few people. And if you're trying to do one thing, there's a, there's a strong chance that you'll, you'll do it well. So, yeah, as time goes on, I'm, I'm less inclined to to sign up for the oh get everything bargain basement packages where you get a hundred things I'm, and i'm more likely to sign up for one thing at a time because who needs 50 plugins or 40 plugins on the same website you don't you just sort of need one on a case-by-case -case basis and and if if you do it well and you hand off those 
um, recurring bills, mm. if you like, to your client, it's not something you need to particularly worry about anyway. Yes. Yeah, I, I still haven't made my mind up on that. That's the same with me generally. I like to to go with somebody who has a passion for the one thing that they do. Yeah. And, and and that's my instinct. But, yeah, it does make me wonder. As we, we have to question, I think, these days. We did that episode together, didn't we, where we were talking about the price increase on WooCommerce and we talk about other uh, software providers who have had to increase their prices. So, you know, there's another side of me that thinks, well, maybe – you know, they've, if you like, they've they've branched out because it's going to protect their overall business. Yeah, it, you know, just because a company has been trustworthy and reliable doesn't mean they are going to be. I've I've not been in WordPress long enough to see people rise and fall. All, all I've got recently is you know things like WooCommerce upsetting people, but obviously yes. there's been a huge amount of time where they've not upset people and they've been the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, <laughs> but. You know, it's not always going to remain like that. So do you, knowing that things are going to come and things are going to go and it ebbs and flows, do you do you actually find yourself installing stuff and, and having an eagle eye on rivals? Let's say it's a caching plugin or a page builder. Do you do you actively go out and think, okay, it's uh, it's been a month since I looked. I'm going to go and look <laughs> at page builders and, and, in, and actually install their, their free version and try it out? Um, not so much, actually. I mean, I do take the views of people in groups to save myself time. I have installed stuff before. I, I seem to have come out of a phase of looking at everything out there. I think that was kicked off by moving to page builders. Suddenly, everything changed. My theme changed because I thought, actually, page builder can do a lot more. Do I need? And Thema came out, made me reevaluate so many different things. But I feel at the moment I'm going back to a stage where I need to just put my head down and concentrate on learning the tools I have, which is, I guess, what fascinates me about the way groups work. You know, the groups that we're in, fairly reasonably small groups with a lot of really sensible people. And they're actually, at the moment, I have to ignore a lot of conversations, so I'll end up looking at stuff that I don't need to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And I find, um, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's that finding that balance. I don't know if we all do this well. And of course, we're different characters of, of when we should be looking at the competition and, and really actively, you know, trying that stuff out. And when we should just be focusing on the tools we got and learning them inside out. There are some spaces in WordPress where the competition is fantastically fierce. Um, and there are other spaces where, you know, it's just one person really who's got this solution and really they're the only people that are doing it. So a good example of fierce competition would be like form builders um, mm. and page builders. But if we took the example of form builders, I'm mm. um, for, for no good reason other than that it's just where I settled. Um, I, I'm a user of Gravity Forms and I have a developer, I think it's called the developer license. Anyway, mm. it's, the, it's the one where you get all the ticks in the, in the pricing box. Um, and, and so I've used that and I've installed it and that's kind of my thing now. Um, and yet I still see things about all these other forms. Um, yes. Gravity Forms, like I say, is the one, but there's WP Forms. Uh, what is there? Ninja Forms, Formidable. They're the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, yes. But there's no way that I am going to, at the minute, unless gravity forms drop an absolute clangor, there's no way that I'm going to move away because there's just too much work for me. So I kind of wonder, uh, for these plugin developers, there's a, there's a lot invested in getting people started on your plugin because you get that 
antipathy, is that the right word? Yeah. Antipathy mm. to move along. It's a bit like a bank. Once you've settled on the bank that you've, you know, when you're 18 years old, that's the yep. bank. You use that same bank forever and ever, usually. Um, and I'm a bit like that with these things. I, you know, like I say, Gravity Forms is there to stay for me. Yes. Well, that's a classic one. I, I'm Gravity Forms and I stuck with it. And the reason I started is because I trusted the developers I followed seemed to know more stuff than me. And they said it was solid and reliable and you could extend upon it. So I thought, yeah, that's where I'm going. That's how I came in. But of course, those challenges, they're all fairly new. WP forms, formidable WP forms are by developers who I also trust. So I start to look at that stuff as well. But do you know what? Uh, one thing I do for evaluating these days, and it's probably really foolish, but I know other people do. Peter Lutz is one who does this. We like to go and look at Google Trends and type in, you know, the, the, each of these, the competitors. And, and you have to be a little bit careful about what you type in, whether you're just typing gravity forms or WP without space forms or with the space, you know, to get the true measure. But just to see you know, the rise and fall in trends on Google and people searching for these things just to get some indication about where they sit. Oh, so um, that's really interesting. I've not really used mm. Google Trends. So it gives you, it, it, you're able to access Google's data of search mm. queries typed into Google. Yes. Ah, and is it revealing? Does it actually change your mind? Well, it, it can do, but I think, you know, you've probably got to interpret it a little bit because I guess, you know, people could be just Googling because stuff isn't working. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the opposite of what you want. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it does actually sway me quite a bit, or at least it gives me a, a, a rough idea about where things were going. So I did the same when I was looking at changing my theme. I was looking at where um, Beaver Builder was going. I was looking at where Genesis was going in terms and the, the curve was falling down for Genesis. There was less people asking about the Genesis framework. It appeared or typing that into Google. Now, of course, that could be a sign that they're so stable that no one needs to ask questions in Google any longer. And if you look at, there's another one as well, actually, another statistic you can get. You can go and look at, um, now I can't remember the site, so we'll have to look this up for the show yeah. notes. But there's a place where you can go and see what stuff is installed on the web so you can see you know and i could see then that genesis was the number one by far premium theme used on the so it actually went onto real live sites and stayed there compared to perhaps some other popular themes that were built to sell um so anyway uh, yeah so i do look at those kind of uh, trends and i think you can sometimes get something out of it you can see who's on the rise and who's on the fall and, and then it may be some indication of what you thought yeah and you can see gravity forms is a classic because you know when anybody asks in a facebook group about which is the best form to get out of these you, you almost know what the answer is going to be just by the numbers you know that there's so many gravity forms people that if they say gravity forms for me gravity forms you know it's going to come out that way so it's not necessarily an endorsement <laughs> no and you know you get you do get people who are quite evangelical about their yeah. sort of their plug-in um installation you know i've used gravity forms and it must be the best i've i can do this with it i can, or it's dead easy you could have done that in gravity forms yes. in three clicks or you know those kind of things is it that must be the perpetual nightmare for the plug-in developer or company who developed these things is trying to is trying to steal that trust away from another company because mm. like we said once you're invested in it and and it works and it just doesn't give you any trouble for a year and then your renewal comes up I'm basically going to let it renew, whereas the other companies desperately want me not to renew. So they want, 
you know the, the plugin to fail in some way or or you know they do a they try a job actually wp forms do a stellar job of putting out newsletters and i subscribe to these for the purposes of this podcast i subscribe to lots and lots of newsletters and they put out loads of content explaining why their product can do this and how their product does that um and yet they still need to get me over a hurdle that they haven't because really something needs to go wrong or their offering needs to be considerably better than mm-hmm. the one that I'm currently using because of inertia. You know, yeah. I'm just going to spend, a, I don't know how many hours, 50 hours, 100 hours, 20 hours, whatever, undoing all of the sites that have got gravity forms on them already to yes. to put these other ones on. So overcoming that obstacle is really hard, I would have thought. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, the evaluating process is so important to us, I think. You know, I've, there's another set of tools in there which are quite important to to me, and I was talking to Colin Cartwright about this, you know, um, recently because he's just jumped on board with main WP instead of going the managed WP route mm. for looking after his websites. And that's another key tool that we rely on, and you've got to get the right one. Now, he's just joined as he's had a few issues with them where I haven't had those issues. So it's, it could be interesting to see how this one goes because it's very easy to come in at the wrong point with any of these tools and then be really evangelical in the opposite direction about how rubbish they are. Yeah, do you know what? I'd forgotten about that. And you yeah. you put me onto that. And I bought a lifetime license about, <laughs> I don't know, three months ago. And I'm slowly ramping it up mm. one site at a time. Basically, when I've got a bit of time, I put another site on to main WP. And I haven't had any of those problems. But although it's not a WordPress plugin that I would include in other installations, well, I suppose the child site mm. plugin you've got to install to ensure that it connects and, and updates things yeah i hadn't really thought about that one but that's a definite one for me i love it i think it's really great and i re- you know regrettably for colin he had a few problems but it, it would appear that those got um they got fixed and it yeah. was a, a dodgy install um you know something got something got balked in the in the zip that he uploaded or something like that so hopefully that's not going to give him any more trouble going forwards yeah I mean, the interesting thing about all the tools we've just mentioned, they're all of high quality, aren't they? I mean, mostly when we're talking in our groups, we are kind of splitting hairs a lot of the time between these tools because we know that really sensible people may have picked different tools to us. Like even you and I here, Mm. you know, we're different on our themes Mm. now. But, you know, we know that both of these are good. So it's it's kind of hard to know (laughs) how you're going to evaluate any of this for your business i i wish our groups were a little bit better actually explaining why we use a particular tool and why it, and what type of business we have here it often def- i have to say it doesn't in the groups that i'm in but i've seen these things def- de- deteriorate quite quickly into flame wars you know just people yes. slagging off the other product oh but it can't do this and, <laughs> yes. da, da, da. and the fact is you know there may be a difference in its age there may be a difference in its developers its pricing you know uh, and I would say that if it works for you, so be it. It's going to work for you. Do you ever, do you ever get actually put off by the personalities behind a plugin? Do you ever get, I don't know, maybe maybe you hear a plugin developer say something or write something, and you think that that doesn't fit with my um, my ethics in life or, or anything, or, or gave you a lack of confidence about their ability to carry it off in the future or their profitability. Do those things? actually trouble you do you do you get worried by that 
Yeah, I did. Well, I mentioned, I, I think, again, with the WPMU devs and that, I, although I really don't know the personality and I've forgotten the name of the guy behind it. James but, uh, Farmer is his name. That's it, yes. And he's got a really uh, a, a strong personality, but so is the guy behind um, Gravity Forms as well. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, in some ways I'm a little wary because it's not my character type, you know, hmm. and, uh, yeah, people have a strong opinion. Having said that, you know, I was ranting like the best of them about the WooCommerce update so uh, to their pricing. So maybe I am that type of character as well. Yes. <laughs> you, we, I think this podcast should be avoided at all costs. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I confess I am very much swayed by people um, and their and their outbursts and their tirades and 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 I yes. do I do definitely get turned off. I I have to say that I I can't say that a price you know an update or a financial decision has ever been swayed by it, but it it definitely sours things a little bit. And I know exactly um, the debates that you're talking about with this MWPMU dev. Interestingly, in his defence, I, I listened mm-hmm. to a podcast with him on recently i i have no idea which one it was but it was one of the one of the podcasts with a massive audience um related to wordpress and he he'd fallen out with the guy who introduces this podcast years ago like i think they'd properly fallen out um and they got it got quite heated and years and years of has gone since they last spoke and he invited him on the podcast and he accepted and they buried the hatchet really nicely. And I think James Farmer has had a bit of a rethink. I don't know if he's had some sort of epiphany in life, but um, he's he's definitely sort of apologised for his behaviour in the past and some of the things that he said and some of the positions that he took and the thoughts that he articulated. Um, mm. And I think I think all good, you know, all credit to him. That kind of made me think. Actually, do you know what I mean? There seems to be some sort of moral framework in this business now. Maybe I'll yes. maybe I'll look at it again or renew again when it comes up. Um, yeah, yeah. So it definitely makes a difference to me. O- oddly, it's funny that it would, but it does. And actually, yes. quite a lot of the. Well, in fact, I would say all of the guests that we've had on. I don't know mm. if it's a coincidence or if it's just um, you know the na- the nature of WordPress. But all of the guests that we've had on our podcast. I've left and the podcast is finished, and I've been left with a, a thought of, boy, they're nice people. What a nice, what a nice person! I'm definitely going to use their stuff, um, yes. and I'm hoping that that's one of the things that actually comes out of this podcast is that people listen, and whether or not in the future we have people who don't fit that model, and you know, and it educates them to stay away, or it educates them that this person's in it, they're invested, they like, you know, they like what they're doing, they've got a horse in the race, they're going to keep going. Hopefully, yes. that's one of the benefits of this podcast, and certainly. Uh, it is for me. Yes. Yeah, it, it seems interesting. In my time with WordPress, it does seem like uh, we have less of those people who are sort of controversial. And, uh, and I think it's only passion. It was the same with the with thesis, you know, which is really popular. And it was mentioned, I think, when we were talking about a dynamic uh, in, in one of our yes. past yeah. podcasts before. But, uh, yeah, I forgot the name. Oh, Chris. Pearson, Pearson, or okay. whatever his name. It's before yeah, my really, time. 
Yeah, well, is is a, a guy who you know had a bit of a problem with uh, GPL licensing, and that ended up being a kind of public debate with Matt Mullenweg, and it was quite tense, and it still has been to this day tense. But uh, we don't seem to have those people so much in a lot of the new tools that I'm subjected to. So the very much what attracted me to Beaver Builder was this kind of laid back, open, transparent way with that team and I, I see that again with people like Tom in Generate Press I feel there's a new wave of developers out there who seem to be a little bit uh, less hot-headed and uh, a little bit more transparent yeah I mean I guess it's been around long enough that the developers that are coming along these days were in nappies uh, yeah. in inverted commas um, and by the way that is not an American word is it what do they use diapers that's it if you listen to this in America they, they were in diapers when WordPress kind of started mm. and uh, and they've probably grown up with that free open source software thing yeah. a little bit more in the in their background and you know and, and these models have developed over time and they're probably more comfortable that they can make a living and be nice at the same time you don't have to you know pricing's not everything basically um, so yeah really yeah really interesting yeah. I'm also quite fascinated um, by there are some people out there who, you know, don't go straight to WordPress when they need extra stuff for their sites as well. And how they, you know, that decision as well as many that just say, well, OK, if I need uh, events and um, or courses or even e-commerce adding to my main site that I make for clients, you know, they're their first thought isn't, which it is with me, is to go and look what I can add on to WordPress. But they go. No, I'm just going to go to a third party and add that on. I'll just embed it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Actually, that was one of the things I wrote in our little show notes is that I'm, I am always going to go with the WordPress option first mm. um, for, for, for a client, not necessarily for me because I'm happy to learn the UI of a particular you know, SaaS product and I'm happy to do that. But I don't want my clients having to learn four different things. I want it all to be in the back end. So, yeah, if I'm looking for something new, I'm absolutely going to exhaust every possibility in WordPress first and then start looking around elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So did we actually come to any sort of, did we actually drop anything that was useful to anyone about our evaluating process? Well, do you know, I think we did. I mean, it came out, you know, obviously pricing is important. Mm. We also mm. talked about, you know, roadmaps, things in the past, what you've done in the past and, and your roadmap for the future. We talked about the morality of the actual individuals who, you mm. know, are behind these kind of things. Um, we, what we didn't talk about, it, which I think might be interesting, just maybe to sort of finish us off, is um, the, do you uh, – dangerous mm. area – um, do you always acquire plugins from the the legitimate place or do you, um, and I'm not speaking about you, you don't have to divulge anything, I've no idea what you do, David. I know what I do. Um, is it okay? Is there is there is it okay to extend the GPL license and sort of tinker with that slightly dodgy area where you can download this stuff elsewhere do you you know what's your thoughts yeah. on that yeah <laughs> do you know what we've got an episode in this one yeah. i think almost but um yeah well i i am now a member of two gpl clubs so i do get some of that dodgy software that i should be paying the developer for but I, at the moment i only use it for testing purposes i'm not putting them i certainly won't put them at the moment on client sites 
because I don't trust it. But yeah, I am questioning again the whole morality with this one uh, in accordance to what I can provide to clients on a low budget. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm opening up my thoughts. But yeah, in principle, I like the idea of running a business where IP pay people who help me and developers help me. So I've not kind of gone that path. No, you'll have to talk me through it because I genuinely have never done it. Um, right. How how does it work? I mean, I've seen the sites. Actually, the only one that I really know of is this Yith site for WooCommerce. And so, how does it work? You subscribe? Do you actually do you actually pay these companies a fee uh, to access? Yeah. And, and what do they do? Just curate that repository? Yeah, well, there's a there's a few of them, but Yith isn't one of them. Yith oh. make their own plugins. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, so- I've misunderstood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, they actually are victims of the GPL clubs because they're big, uh, as are um, well anybody really who has a, a big suite of tools is likely to end up on a GPL club because they can provide to their members a whole bunch of um, plugins, but only pay, you know, one supplier. So all they vary. I mean, there's there's two I'm in, and I'm quite happy to share <clears> this. One of them is a new one that's come out, where it's just WP Toolset, and they've taken that one step further than I've ever seen with these GPL clubs because the guy who runs it does a video on YouTube at the beginning showing how his plugin works, and his plugin will do the automatic updates of all of his add-ons, which are mostly WooCommerce extensions. So, you know, you've lost that one element about the fact that if you go to a GPL club that you will need to go and, you know, manually upload the updates yourself. He's taken that away. <laughs> so the only thing you're missing now is the support that you would get from those developers. So how does he... Uh, this is really interesting. How, so he presumably has a license to log mm. in to the back end of all of these plugins that, let's say it's WooCommerce or whatever... And then the GPL licensing enables him, well, obviously his subscription allows him to download the the latest update um, Mm. and obviously he gets support, but then he uploads it to his repository and Mm. that under GPL is is totally moral and legit, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Well, that's how it works. So I think that's the only one out there. And there's another club which I just joined because it had a whole load of stuff, including our beloved Beaver Builder. Uh, included as uh, software there. And, uh, you know, I joined them just because there's times I wanted to test it. The example at the moment uh, where I really wanted something, but I got it off one of our friends, was um, Facet WP because it's something that I've not needed. I think it's fantastic, but I wanted to test it for a client before I got them to buy it. And there was no way I was going to buy it really before and probably get it tested and agreed in the time that I would have to get a refund. And that was really why I – then that's still the reason why I'm in the GPL club. But That is a really powerful reason to join these clubs, though, to be honest, because mm. I actually did buy Facet WP about, sev- I don't know, six months mm. ago or something for a particular need that I had. And it did I, – I couldn't find a way of finding it and downloading it um, and testing it. So that mm. would have been really useful for me. And I just punted the money on it. And it turned out it was fine. It, it worked. Um but that really would be a good way of evaluating these plugins. I do love what you do at Beaver Junction, you know, with all of the Beaver Builder stuff that's that's in there in that you allow us to have a, a fantastic, yeah. you know, a proper look at how it's all done and what you can do with it. And I, for the life of me, I don't understand why these plugin developers don't do exactly the same thing. You know, for, yes. for every plugin, there should be a, a way of 
demoing it and having a try and really exploring what its what its capabilities are. And I know that a lot do, but certainly a lot don't as well. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. I might might um might have to explore that avenue in the future. I know it does stick in my throat though. Yeah, really, to be honest, interesting. To pay, yeah, to pay though these people who are just as a middle person, but they are providing a service. I, it's not one that I would rely on, and I'm pretty sure that most of them are borrowing from each other. Yeah. So you get your first GPL club out. Somebody says, I'll join that GPL club and I'll offer the same software to my people plus a few others I've got. It, it's, a, it's a moral position which can be taken by some people, but I, I wonder um, how many people follow through on that exact argument. You know, they, they it, it's very easy, isn't it, to just say, I'm going to use it just for testing purposes. I would imagine there's quite a lot of people who abuse that system, and um, and it, it, that in the end will be yeah. will be the death of us all, really. But if, if I, I guess you, I trust you. I know you to be a moral person. I believe everything you've just said. I think that's totally fine. And obviously, it is not against the spirit or the letter of the law. It is actually part of the mm. the whole system, the GPL licensing. Um, but I might I might look into that, and hopefully. Given that moral dilemma at some point, if if there was a plugin in there that I needed to pay for and I tested it through these GPL clubs, hopefully I would have enough moral to click the pay button as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm already regretting revealing this, but uh, no, I no, think I... it's good. I think it's really good because it is what you do. And I have no doubt that you're an honest individual who would actually pay. And And if it has led you to buy mm. something... Mm. I think the developer on that sale base, you know, on the basis of that sale alone, can't really um, argue too much. But on the basis of statistics, if there's mm. a thousand who are not like you, then that would be a calamity for them, wouldn't it? There's also another thing there, which uh, a lot of the plugin developers actually do put their content up on GitHub. Yes. For anyone to download anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's probably a lot of this that's included in GPL clubs, which is just available anyway. I think that's true of Gravity Forms, isn't it? I think you can get an, an absolutely bang up to date version of Gravity Forms off um, oh. GitHub, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Oh. I could be mis- misquoting that completely. Yes. And if you can. Well, yeah. <laughs> wow, it's good. But, you know, you've got to update it yourself. You've got to keep checking. And at some point, all of that becomes infuriating. It's all right if you're doing it once or twice a month. But when it becomes multiple times, it's a right old faff. Do you think we're done? Yeah, I think we're done. I think we could I easily we go into that GPL one as another topic on another day. So, yeah. Uh, okay, in which case, um, I'll just reiterate the normal stuff, which is to say, if you've enjoyed this episode and you've liked it, um, I don't know if I'm going to say this every episode. Maybe I should get into the swing of it and just just suck it up and accept that it's part of the reality of modern life. There is a donate button at the side of the podcast player, and if you fancy clicking on it, then uh, obviously a million dollars. Yes, thanks, great. Anything <laughs> less, don't, just don't bother. You know, don't bother. Um but you can subscribe to our newsletter at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And there's buttons all over the player and there's a Facebook group and da, 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 da. There we go. Uh, and do you want to add anything, David? No, I'm, I've said enough. Too much, in fact. <laughs> yeah, on this episode, <laughs> you may well have done. Uh, I'll get Logic Pro to edit those naughty bits out. All right. In which case, uh, cue the cheesy music. And uh, we'll see you again at the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.